I am, yes I am, Adama Saint Germain. It's been thrilling to be with you, you here today for this shout. Sometimes this whole subject of spirituality gets so bogged down, so, so low. Have you ever noticed how so often religious, even spiritual, new age people tend to, to get so down in the energy? My intent today, based on the energy of this shout, or you, is to keep things moving, to find the humor, to find the joy, and to find the blessings in each and every day. So without further ado, let us begin with those who dare ask the questions today. As you know, I've been having trouble with entities with my son. I feel one around him or myself is demonic. I don't know how to handle this. Why is this happening? I've experienced the space of freedom of the illusion and realize until I'm in this space and have full remembrance and ownership of this space, I am still a victim. I know my fear and beliefs fed this entity. Problem is I'm not always in a space and the human me is scared spitless. Spitless. (laughs) I am trying to give it I'm trying not to give it any energy but I can't fake not being afraid. Last night it said it knows me. Is this true? Absolutely. Some things feel familiar but I can't put my finger on it. Do I have a major belief to look at? Indeed, by default, uh, Shambra, when you have these um, entity visits, uh, you feel an en- energy lingering around and particularly feeding off of you. By default, it is going to be an aspect of yourself first. It is going to be a one of these uh, uh, disassociated or or parts of you that is still lingering, apart from another lifetime perhaps, but very often an aspect of you even from this lifetime. You're so clever, you're such a grand creator that you can disguise even these entities as something outside of yourself but understand it is part of you. Now, with any of these entities, whether they are part of you or outside of you, you, the the essence who exists in this now moment, the one who is conscious of these thoughts, is the, is the master, is the master in the moment, in every moment. And you can literally demand that these entities leave. If it is an external entity, which does happen, they will play games with you at times, pretend that uh, they have control or power over you, simply demand from your place of mastery that they leave. They have to, by the way. If they don't leave the first time because they don't necessarily believe you, why should they believe you when you don't believe yourself? Demand three times. Use the I am. I am the master. I demand you leave. I am the master. If you say it long enough to yourself even, you might even begin to believe it. (laughs) But use those simple words. Now, if it is an aspect of yourself, let that aspect know that you are the master. Let them know that they are simply an aspect, and without you, they are nothing. Feel the energy of that aspect. Feel where it is blocked or wounded or hurt. And then release that energy. 
You're not trying to annihilate that aspect. You are releasing its blocked energies. I am the master, therefore I release the blocked, wounded, or distorted energies of you. Now, you are tougher to deal with than an external energy because you know all of your tricks. You know your shortcomings and weaknesses. And that aspect, entity, is going to try to fool you. It's going to try to tell you all sorts of things that it can't leave until you give it all of these things. It's going to lay a guilt trip on you. It's going to try to fool you, perhaps even tell you that it's not you. But again, you go back to, I am the master, therefore I release all energies that no longer serve me, and you don't serve me. So I release you back to your pure essence. Simple as that. If you get more complicated than that, if you get into long discussions with these entities, if you allow them to keep coming back, if you give them an inch, they'll take a foot. I am the master, and I release you from your blocked energies. And so it is. It's that simple. They will go away. Thank you. Hello, Adamus. Um, mine's pretty much an easy health question. Why do my hands hurt and sting so much? Hmm. Um, your hands hurt and sting partly because you, um, uh, several reasons here, but, uh, but the energy is not circulating into your hands and uh, it wants to not just go all the way through your hands, but it also wants to travel outside of your hands. It wants to the energy wants to be used for other things, creative things, things that you are blocking yourself from doing. You know right now that there are, you have many dreams. You, um, you are up late at night, so to speak, working on all sorts of things, but you're not applying them. You're not bringing them to earth. You're not doing them here. And your hands are symbolic of uh, basically saying you're not hands-on. You're up here. You're out there but you're not applying it. You're not letting that energy flow into this reality and doing something. We're not just talking about doing, let's say, something mechanical or physical, but the energy can flow out through your hands into these creations. Now, looking at your energy right now, you have uh, over 300 different uh, active creations on the other realms. And part of this is draining your energy. Uh, try to choose just three right now to focus on. <laughs> and this is um, one of the reasons why you're, you're caught up in too many different things. Sooner or later you can do them all, but pick three, start to do them in this reality right now. Thank you. Why did Jeffrey Hoppe start the Crimson Circle? Was it another of his business ventures or was he truly wanting to help others? Please speak your truth, and that's with capital letters. I'm good at speaking my truth, and my truth is that um, dear Mr. Hoppy did not start the Crimson Circle, nor the Crimson Council. He was a conduit of the energy of Shambra. He was the one, when you were all standing in this lifetime, in, in line, ready to begin the new energy work, and we said, somebody has to start first. The rest of you took one step back. <laughs> He stayed in place. <laughs> He's actually agreeing with me for once. 
<laughs> and did the work. Now, it goes back to the first question. There, this goes back to the first question, just doing it. It goes back to the essence of the shout today. Just do it. Do something. So here we have a grand potential that was created in the other realms called Shambhar on Earth in this quantum leap era. Doing this work requires a combination, for, for any of you, requires a combination of what we would call the multidimensional skills, or what you would call sometimes your spiritual abilities, and it also requires the very practical abilities in dealing with the, the current uh, consciousness of Earth. So how do you take this concept of um, Shambhur University as it existed in the other realms? How do you take the agreement that Shambhur had from the temples of Tien into the times of Yeshua and now put it into practical application? How do you bring it to Earth? The essence of our discussion today. You can just think about it. You can play with it and ponder in a dreamy state, wouldn't it be nice? Or you could do it. When it gets to the point of the actual doing, there is no one other than perhaps myself who understands how to do it as well as Shambra. We are the ones living in human form right now. That's why generally we don't tell you what to do as Crimson Circle and Shambra on Earth. You know the ins and outs of dealing with humans, of dealing with the law, of dealing with finances, of dealing with all of these things. You know how to do these. So we leave it up to the experts, which are you. How do you put together a worldwide global association of new energy teachers? How do you fund it? How do you continue to expand it? How do you market it? These are the issues of humans on Earth known as Shambra. We leave it to you. In answer to your question, any of these activities involve energy flow. And the energy flow comes from multiple levels. One of these levels, absolutely, and I am an expert in this, is the level of money. In my lifetime, where I was known as Saint Germain, I was often criticized because I was wealthier than any could imagine. I could buy kings, I could buy countries, I could buy coaches, I could buy jewels, and I did a lot of that. <laughs> I did it because I enjoyed doing it. I did it because I was proving a point to others. I did it because, because it is just energy. So I'm going to make a point here. In my absolute truth, if you have a difficult time with money and the flow of money and letting the abundance shower you and go through you and be part of you and then flow out from you, you're going to, if you have a difficult time with that, you're going to have a difficult time going into the new energy. I would recommend right now you take ten steps backwards out of the Crimson Circle Start over again on your whole spiritual process. Thank you for my truth. I'm glad you're talking about money. That's about my question a little bit. The past month I've been listening to your uh, Abundance Channeling CDs from 04, and I hear the same message you're saying today, do something. Abundance starts when you start. So you have been telling this to us for at least three years. 
Uh, I have started working on that. I've, I feel I've let go and moved a lot of energies, stuck old energies. And the flow has started. But my husband, my partner, he also wants to leave desperately his old energy job and move into this direction. That idea creates great fear in me. He's like my security. I need to work on how do I move past that and work with him in that direction. Dean, how much do you want this? Extremely. A little, a lot? Every, extremely, everything. You wanted enough that uh, it would almost be like me putting your, your head. head under water and you <laughs> absolutely gasping, praying and pleading for a breath of air. Do you want it that bad? For myself. And your mate? I, I, I want his happiness. I want him to be... Well, not to get semantical here, but you cannot want his happiness. You can only want your own. You can only choose okay. your own. Why does it create such a fear from, for the idea that he, he could also move into new energy and do the things I'm doing? He's literally going from one point of uh, energy to the other. Uh, it is like almost... Um, uh, hopping over over rocks, uh, you know, but instead of there being a river there, there's nothing there, and there is the perception that you're going to fall through into the great nothing, that you're going to starve to death, that you're going to uh, not pay your bills, get evicted from your house, lose your car, everything else. But you have to be willing to go that far. You have to be willing to let all of that go. You see, now that in itself is a frightening, but freeing proposition. That is the absolute freedom that you don't need any of that. The worst that's going to happen is you lose everything and die. <laughs> okay. But you see, humans fear that and they use that as a block or an excuse and then they get stagnant. And stagnancy is worse than falling into the great abyss because the abyss is nothing but an illusion, you see. I understand and have compassion for the fear, but yet you're allowing the fear to become the block. And in the block you become stagnant, and the stagnancy leads to frustration and anger. And sooner or later it has to let itself out somewhere. Energy right now is moving. Energy is in motion. And it's about getting, allowing yourself to get into that motion. Don't be afraid of losing a few things or a few failures because in that dynamic, in that evolution of your own energy will be um, the fulfillment that actually brings the abundance itself. The abundance is rather secondary to everything else, but it's about, it's a, about the desire to have your energy in motion and the desire to just do something. Now, you put all these blocks in front of you and they're they're like great tall walls but they're actually illusions also the fact is the fact is that as you let go and as your partner lets go of things something new comes in now it doesn't necessarily just fill the old space it actually comes into the new space you want to know that basically what you're asking me, are things going to be all right? Well, that's a hypothetical question. Absolutely, they'll be all right. 
but maybe not to your initial liking. (laughs) But are they going to be all right in terms of allowing yourself uh, to enjoy life in every way? The answer again is yes. It it comes in, sometimes from unexpected places, but it occurs. A question back to both of you today, are you willing to let go of what you thought, of what you thought were the important things in terms of uh, um, a car payment or a house payment? Are you willing to let that go? Are you willing to release it? And that is my question back to you. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Then let it go. Okay. Let it go. And I have to add this, uh, in spite of my uh, arrogance. Um, there is deep compassion. I, I do know what it's like to let go. And I know all of the Shambra here listening in are listening to the answer because your question wasn't just for you. Your question actually was for all of them. Thank you. I've recently come into the into the circle during the teacher series. Is there any homework I have to make up anything, or <laughs> or I or any other newcomer have to catch up on, or am I good to go? Good to go. <laughs> good to go. What has happened is that um, the energy of Chambra is dynamic and not necessarily uh, held into any particular time frame or or sequence. So those coming in now actually have been. Uh, part of the experience since the beginning. If you go back and you read um, from the Creator series, uh, or even before that, you'll discover that you are actually going through the experiences, perhaps not at the exact moment of that uh, shout, but you have gone through those experiences, and now you've joined us here in this now. Thank you. Nice snowstorm you got going. Indeed. <laughs> Jermaine's shout has touched me to the very core. Um, I, I can feel it very deeply, and I thank you for the awareness uh, in recognizing some of the symptoms that have been happening, uh, especially since uh, the San Diego workshop with standard technology. So I guess if, if there is a question, it has to do with why is it that the body is just now starting to wake up? and is it something that's going to happen all at once, or is it going to be um, more in stages as we change our awarenesses? And does it have to be so painful? Hmm. That's excellent questions, uh, and not um, ones we necessarily have a specific answer for. Is the body, is it going to wake up all at once? Probably not, because the... Uh, what you would call your total essence, has enough um, overall intelligence to know that it would be very difficult for your body to do a complete changeover. Again, these type of um, uh, spiritual slash physical rejuvenations that uh, many of you are undergoing could take lifetimes uh, or have been in effect for lifetimes. You're going through an accelerated process right now, but your body this physical body that you're in now knows that uh, there's a certain uh, pace or speed in which to awaken is to not overwhelm all of the systems. The pain sometimes is caused by a variety of things. You have 
everything within your body is re- being redone. The DNA, the cells, the communications network in your body. The pain while uncomfortable, actually is an indication that this is all taking place. You don't necessarily want to numb the pain, in other words, by taking harsh medications, because the pain itself actually serves a part of the purpose in the reworking of the body. Pain signals to your your biomechanical system that it needs energy diverted or directed into certain places, and it goes into a type of um, uh, emergency response mode anytime it feels pain, even if the pain is throughout your entire body. And it therefore develops a type of um, bio-intelligence that actually facilitates part of the rewiring or the rejuvenation of your body literally using the pain not only as an alert system but as an energy system to help with this whole changeover that you're going through. And remember, you're the one who chose the changeover. So the pain actually is part of the process, but one of the important things is to remember that that not to get into your head about the pain. In other words, Don't start blaming yourself, wondering what you're doing wrong just because there's pain. The pain after a certain point subsides. It's not needed anymore. Your body's uh, entire network now knows how to handle this uh, process that it's going through. I know we give this as uh, so often as the um, as uh, answer to everything, but the breathing is going to help the entire process. Now, initially, the breathing may actually intensify the pain because it is flowing energy now at a, at a different rate into your entire body, but through the breathing, it will also help release the, the need or the desire for that pain. What I'm feeling today, then, is a, it's, or over the last few weeks, is, is the combination of the head getting involved with the transition uh, of, the, of the physical aspects. And what the, shout, what the shout has done is help me recognize where the head is at and then um, breathing through the fear or you have to go rush and get something to fix it. Um, and to allow it to to run its course. So I guess, is that what you're calling the battleground? Yes, indeed. And what's happening is the anxiety and the confusion are coming from the head because the head is wondering why the pain is there because the head has been led to believe that this um, whole process uh, um, shouldn't involve pain. But actually here pain is, is to a degree a part of the process. Once the mind starts focusing on the pain, it makes it worse and in a sense, it uh, buys into the the uh, energy of the pain, and the this pain in your body lasts longer. But right now, understand it is a natural part of the process, and it goes away relatively uh, quickly. Thank you. Indeed, thank you. Dear Tobias and friends, thank you for all your compassion, love, and patience with me. I am grateful. I would like to address a fear about taking the Sexual Energies Workshop, specifically how it could affect my relationship with my boyfriend who's not involved with the Crimson Circle. If I cleared the virus, would it also free him or estrange us? I notice the clearer I get, the closer and happier we both are. 
The sound's de definition, energy, has already enriched all facets of our relationship, especially sexually, and I can see a huge change in us. So by, so by extension, would the cleared sexual energy virus resonance of my energy clear his, and by extension, eventually all of humanity? You can only walk through ascension on your own. You don't bring a partner with you. You don't bring your family, thank God. You walk through this process ultimately alone. So, while we understand what you're asking in this question, we have to say that any decision, any decision, in terms of your own divinity and its integration needs to be made by you, for you alone. It sounds like a harsh statement because we know that with the wonderful hearts and love that you have, you wonder about others. But what if you were just to not do something that your heart felt was right because of someone else, only to find out that years later, or perhaps another lifetime later, that it would have been best for both of you? We know sometimes you have the fear, what will happen if I do such and such? Will I lose my job, my partner? my house, even my physical body. In Chamber, those are limitations. It has to be done because you feel or you know that it's right. And sometimes, as many of you have find out, found out, you do lose your partner. But as some of you have also found out, sometimes that relationship clears itself. It clears some of the old karmic attributes. Sometimes you have found out that you Find a partner in yourself first, and then you can be a truer and more authentic partner with others. So we can't give you a specific decision here. The decision has to be made yourself. But look, look within you. Look within what you feel is appropriate at this time. Thank you. Other than parents, did you have any family? <laughs> You couldn't tell that I was an only child. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> Hello. Um, my question is in regards to, I think it was a couple shouts ago, uh, Tobias had mentioned that in the, the field of psychology, how the new energy is sort of changing that field. And that sort of where I feel headed, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I should wait because the new en energy is changing and I don't want to go with an old paradigm. You know, it's kind of a personal thing, but I'm, I'm just wondering about that new energy and how it's going to affect the world of psychology. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> first, uh, don't wait. Uh, even if you study the um, old energy or uh, the tradition right now, uh, that is fine because it will give you a good background and it will give you credentials. You'll evolve yourself uh, into the, the new energy um, psychology. You'll, you will discover for yourself what that is. So don't hold back now. Um, I'll, give you, um, I'll give you a hint on this, that uh, psychologists, as you know, are very frustrated. Uh, they have some successes and they have a lot of frustrations. Uh, you know, sometimes there is incredible feeding going on uh, from client uh, to, the, to the, the doctor. There's incredible uh, feeding then from the doctor back to the client. Uh, 
it is this whole thing we call the sexual energy virus, which at its core is simply the imbalance of the masculine-feminine energy and the desire for those two energies to reintegrate right now. But his nemesis is the sexual energy virus, this thing that causes everything from physical abuse to mental and psychic abuse. We say it is sexual not because it deals just with the act of sex, but it takes on a very seductive quality, almost a sexual quality, when the virus is at work in the minds of people. It becomes so seductive that people don't want to or can't release it. But ultimately, it is through the true understanding of what sex truly is that helps release and free the virus. So that's a little little hint to you in the work that lies ahead. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Last question, if you choose. Three more. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Thank you. Kia ora tato. Greetings to everyone. Um, I thank you for the magnificent shower today, and I'm grateful. Oh, don't get his ego going. I'm grateful <laughs> to have been physically present and to meet and connect with other Shambra today. Um, most of my work at present in teaching is with men, in helping them realise the magnificence of themselves and come into their own sovereignty. Um, Early in the shower today, you talked about the scientists, the 12 scientists being six men and six women. Assuming that there are no accidents, can you tell me, are there any differences between the ways in which men and women go out into the undefinable, bring back potentials and manifest them you need a Chandler to tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are some differences. <laughs> yes, excellent question. There are. Um, again, we could uh, write a book uh, about this, but uh, somebody beat us to it, uh, the Mars and Venus books. But uh, the um, there are women... Let's see, we're, we're trying to be, a, be nice. slightly political here. Women are generally more intuitive and they're able to extend their energy or expand their energy into these other realms easier than than men are. Men are what you would say more grounded or mentally oriented, but women are more timid about bringing that energy back and allowing it to be expressed through them. Uh, Men can take just a little bit uh, from the other realms and make it into a big deal here. <laughs> Women can expand into the other realms and receive a, a phenomenal amount of energy, but uh, will basically um, not trust in themselves and be very timid about bringing it back in. So they generally find it very difficult to bring anything here. That causes them to live bi-dimensionally, uh, in a sense. In other words, they have the information right here, but they're living here and they're not allowing the two to meld. So it is actually, um, they actually tend to uh, stifle it or, or shortcome it before it comes back in. So 
if there was any um, extended training for women, it would be how to bring in, how to um, how to allow that. Uh, we're going to uh, take something from uh, Janice and Katumi. How to bring spirit on board? How to get it in here now? For men, it's about how to how to allow yourself to go beyond the uh, the near realms or the mental realms into these uh, into the uh, realms of uh, sun's definition. Uh, so you see, um, now if you get a man and a woman together, as we have the case with Calder and Linda, the balance here working together allows much more energy to come in, you see. Excellent question. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Greetings, Thomas. I'll, I'm curious. I sell books over the Internet, a lot of romance, vampire, time travel, and I ship these all over the world. And what I'm doing, I know there's a lot more going on in these packages and what I'm putting out there. I just like your perspective on what I'm doing mm. and sending around the world. Am I feeding the sexual energy virus by providing these books, or what am I doing? <laughs> and you are the ultimate bad boy. Bad, bad boys are hot. Oh, a combination of things here. And um, um, uh, for one thing, it's a it's a creative expression that's filling a need, uh, whether you call it a, a feeding or anything. It's simply filling a need of consciousness of people. I would call it more drama, uh, as you know, with your um, with your customers around the world. They they need a little bit of excitement in their life, and, and you are supplying that to them. You are giving them a very spicy um, dinner, so to speak, uh, to satisfy their hunger. Uh, for many of them are not finding fulfillment or satisfaction in their own lives. They lead, um, they lead uh, rather mundane lives or structured lives. And they're looking for, for something spicy, and you provide it. You're also providing an energy uh, that uh, goes beyond the, the words that are printed, an energy of potential, saying when you are ready to wake up, there is more here. When you're ready to go beyond just the drama that's uh, in, this, in the story that you've created, there's something else here. Now, you've been putting this message out for a while. The, what what would we would say the message that is in the uh, space between the space, in the unwritten part uh, of the book, in the energetic part. But now, are you going to be, and what you're really asking me, are you going to be bold and daring enough to write a whole new genre of books, on a whole new, a whole new style that combines your skills and talents for energy in motion, but doesn't re- require, doesn't rely on the audience that just needs a little spice in their life so they can endure or stand their their day-to-day existence. Are you ready for that new type of writing? I've started a book now, but it's more how-to, so... I'm talking here using... That will lead me to the next one? Using what you've done in the past. You have uh, the talent, the ability to weave a story, you see. Now you're going to weave a new story. Is there something I can add to all these packages I send all over the oh, world? Oh, you're already doing that. Expansionally, energetically, physically. You could uh, sprinkle a few foil angels in there and annoy <laughs> the crap out of people who open the boxes. But uh, 
Other than that, um, you are already adding. Already doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what you're doing. What you're doing, but do consider uh, now moving into a different type of um, audience. Thank you. Thank you. Last question. I've uh, come forward uh, reflecting the uh, energies of those 12 scientists and honoring the presence of Nikola Tesla, who had a bigger impact on our world than most of us here recognize. Are the changes that are being seen in the planetary magnetic field a reflection of the new energy? Are there energy points activating on the planet that uh, Earth is creating or is, is coupling with those of us who may be shifting in consciousness? And is there any guidance you might provide those of us that are interested in the planetary Earth grid? Absolutely. The magnetics are in the... um, They are linked to the changing of consciousness, and you'll find that the magnetic... The magnetic poles of Earth are shifting in a somewhat unpredictable pattern. They have been for a while. And if you would chart the actual changes of the, uh, of the magnetic poles for the past uh, several hundred years, and then you overlay what you would call your significant and newsworthy events, you're going to find a direct correlation between an event that happens, for instance, September 11th, or um, for, for much of the world for when uh, Kennedy was assassinated or the uh, World War II, you're going to notice a correlation in the movement of the, uh, the magnetic field change. Not, uh, it doesn't occur on the day of the event, but it incurs in response to the event. It would be interesting if one of you um, more scientific uh, academic types would plot this out because there is a direct evidence of the impact of consciousness on, on the Earth itself. On the magnetics, uh, looking at both the strength and the location of the magnetics is important. And right now, as we move into this, um, into this time of the quantum leap, uh, the Earth itself, uh, its magnetic and electrical fields and its, um, oh, there's not a technical term for it, but there, there is a, uh, uh, this isn't quite accurate, but a power field. Uh, it, it has to do with the way energy is uh, disseminated from, from the Earth. These are all changing. They, too, have energy in motion. And in a sense, uh, depending how you look at it, it could appear that there is chaos in these systems, that the magnetics, the electrics, and the, the uh, power points of Earth are, are all falling apart, or they're going to some form of chaos. But... Remember what I said at the beginning of our show today, that the universe and the omniverse are in perfect order. Everything is happening as it should, and when there appears to be something that you call chaos, it is only because you are looking at one layer or level. If you look beyond and then beyond and beyond, you're going to see that there is a perfect order. So... Absolutely. Right now, all of these, uh, uh, all of these, which we call the grids, whether they are the internal grids of Earth itself or the external or overlaying grids, are all changing. The grids do not change the consciousness. The consciousness changes the grids. The grids are used to uh, move and to store and to. Um, 
oh, how do you say, uh, traffic, energy. And as consciousness changes, the grids naturally have to change because your relationship right now to this intense uh, or, or very um, detailed web of interdimensional energies that make up Earth is all changing. The way that you receive energy from outside or inside changes. Your connection between what you would call your human aspect and your soul aspect. Some of you have called it like a golden or a silver cord that connects. These are all changing. So absolutely, right now, all of the grids of Earth are simply energy in motion. Where you find the energy to flow uh, from from your soul self to your human self, where you find the the energy to maintain your focus of of um, essence energy to create the reality of the human being known as yourself on Earth. Those are all changing. Where you connect to yourself is changing. So each day when you get out of bed, especially for, I would say, the next uh, several years, you're used to waking up in the morning and making a connection with yourself as you return from other realms or from the undefined. You reconnect with your human self and you're used to doing it at what we call a certain point of separation. It changes now every day. So when you wake up in the morning, if you can't find yourself right away, it's because yourself is now regridded or reoriented in a new place, just slightly different from where you found yourself this morning, you see. So now we could get into great details of grids and uh, fields. I've got the time. Uh, <laughs> 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 and I assure you we will, <laughs> because we have much to talk about. But right now we're taking Shamba through a non-mental process that will give you a better ultimate understanding of a process that could go very mental, very you could get very technical. We'll have to tell you right now that uh, you won't you won't discover what you're looking for by analyzing uh, all the grids and the systems and the patterns. Those grids and systems and patterns and all these, the weavings we call them, the weavings of reality are something you understand and come to appreciate after, after the integration, after your acceptance of you. Then you'll be able to understand how this was all laid into a very beautiful, orderly, um, it even goes beyond mathematics, but a very orderly system. But if you work from, from trying to understand the, the grids themselves to attain what you're truly looking for, uh, you'll be searching and searching and searching and searching forever. So. <laughs> it exists on a different dimension, in a different realm right now. It, you could say, in a sense, it's buried um, under the earth, um, somewhere off the coast of Cuba for one of the four centers of Atlantis. But um, also, it exists in a different dimension. Some of you have gone back there. Others of you have realized that that 
etheric civilization that still exists is very, very stuck. And you're not finding, you didn't find the answers that you were looking for in Atlantis. You're going to find them in the new Atlantis, which is right here, right now. Thank you. you. With that. Thank you for all your humble opinions. (laughs) It's been been delightful to be your substitute teacher for today. (laughs) I'm sure Tobias will return soon. I am, I am. St. Germain. And so it is. <laughs>